Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my beautiful wife, Michelle. Hello, sweetie. And everybody. And everybody. (laughs) So good to have you with us. We are back. We are in the studio. This one is a new episode. We didn't record this one weeks ago. We are recording this on Sunday, January 27th, 2019. Yes, we are back from vacation, and we're so glad you're here with us. Oh, yeah. It's fun to be back in the studio. We had a great trip. It was fun getting away from it all, but it's good to be back. It is good to be back, and we appreciate that you found us here today. In the future, you can find us on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab, as well as on the Max FM app. You can also find us, and better yet, subscribe to us. It's the best way to get this podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and we love hearing from you. This is an interactive show. Uh, please contact us when you get the moment. Uh, we love all our Hyperion adventures. You can contact us. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we do love hearing from everybody. We love the uh, response that we get, especially when we put out questions and things. And soon to come, we will be on Pinterest as well. Ooh, that's right. Michelle's been working on Pinterest board. Yes. which I have no interest in, but she does such a good job with that. <laughs> I've turned the reins over to her with, for that. I'll worry about Facebook and Instagram, which she doesn't really like Instagram, so I'll handle Instagram. And <laughs> Well, not that I don't like Instagram. I'm just not as you know uniform about using it all the time. I so. gotcha. No, no. And that's the same with Pinterest for me. I, Pinterest it seems to... It, it befuddles my brain when I go on to Pinterest, and I think the same thing happens to you with Instagram. So, right, But not right. that it takes much to befuddle my brain. So. I was thinking to say yeah. that. I don't want our listeners to think that I'm like constantly joking about you. or No. <laughs> Just most of, most the of the time. Edit that out. No. There is no editing. There will be no editing. It is the truth. Oh, man. <laughs> but we have lots of stuff for you today here on the show. There's a new land in the works based on a popular Disney movie coming to a park. Well, not really near you, but not that far away. One you might want to visit. Uh, we may have a new Disney princess coming. I'll give you details on that. And we also, there's a lot of mayhaves in this one. We may have a new title for at least the version of the new Disney cruise ships that are coming out. We'll be discussing all that later on the show, but let's get to our main topic. We always start with the main topic. This week, our main topic is us, because we like to talk about us. Now, we're going to recap our vacation with the purpose of, yes, we're going to talk about the cool stuff that we got to do, but also we're going to tell you about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just give you some tips on uh, if you're going to do some of this stuff that we did uh, so you can kind of have a viewpoint on it and maybe it might be of interest to you. Right. Learn from our mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are always many of. (laughs) Always many of. No, but we had a great vacation. We did some great things. We started off with an eight-day Southern Caribbean cruise cruise aboard the brand-new Carnival Horizon ship, beautiful ship. Uh, Then we came back to Florida and spent a few days there with Michelle's sister and brother-in-law. It was just a great time out near the Cocoa Beach area. Mm-hmm. And we also paid a quick visit over to uh, the Walt Disney World Resort and the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. So we got a little bit of 
info on that for you if you're planning on going out there in the next few weeks. And we also finished up the thing with a trip to our favorite musical of all time. We got and saw Hamilton, Hamilton in Orlando. So <laughs> we will talk about all that. But let's start with our eight-day Southern Caribbean cruise aboard, as I said before, the brand new Carnival Horizon. It was a beautiful ship. Uh, we had a great time. It was a great itinerary. Um, we really enjoyed it. We really did. Um, they have a, a new unique way to add to a balcony that we've learned that we really enjoyed. Um, you know, if, you've, if you're familiar with cruising, you know about a promenade deck, a deck that goes around the ship, generally speaking. Um, and so what Carnival has done is they've kind of, especially in the back portion of the ship, segmented it off into using the balcony to be actually part of the promenade deck. Mm -hmm. And so that gave a way to add a lot more space so that we could have, we had a little swing, we had a lounge chair, we had another a swing. It's yeah. funny. It was like a hammock swing, but this Michelle's actually favorite place to sit when we were outside. It was great. It was, it was. So, you know, a lot more space than what you would normally have on a balcony. So that was awesome. Yeah. So here's what you need to know about. If you're used to Disney Cruise Line, or if you've never cruised before, you've never cruised, cruised on Carnival, what you need to know about Carnival Cruise Line is that they're kind of like the bare bones cruise. You pay a quite a, probably a, a much lower fare definitely than what you would pay for a disney cruise line it's fair and a little lower than some of the other cruise lines like princess and royal caribbean and such um but then they they're, they're kind of i compare them to some of the um budget airlines out there where right. you the ticket price is one thing but then if you want to do this if you want to do that if you want to do the other thing suddenly they start charge 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 charging you and that is a lot of what carnival does as well right so it is a great way to go on a budget conscious um cruise you know and you just have to then you're in control of what you want to spend and what you want to you know have as add-ons and that's a that is different than what you would see with other cruise lines especially with disney cruise line which is a lot more all-inclusive for many of the things that you would pay additional for on carnival yeah so yeah there's a lot of different things to pay for um some of them are great experiences. Some of them you have to judge for yourself on whether they're worthy. But you can go on a Carnival Cruise Line just for the base fare, um, eat at the main dining restaurant or the buffet and some of the other food areas around, and you don't have to pay anything extra to enjoy the cruise. We could we could have done that if we wanted to, but we did choose to do a few extra things, and we are going to tell you about a few of those. Right. And going back onto that comment that you just made, absolutely. I mean, just for, you know, the like you said, the bare bones. You would definitely have, you know, your your cabin. You would have food in the dining room or the other, um, you know, buffet and some other restaurants there. Um, they also have outdoor activities, whether it be with a pool and accessories to the pool and, you know, trivia games and things like that. So those are all included. Right. So the, the, there is stuff that can go on there. You can have a great cruise experience with Carnival Cruise Line. Just know what you're in for ahead of time. So we're going to go through this cruise that we had, and we're going to kind of tell you what we loved about this cruise, mm-hmm. what was okay about this cruise, and maybe what we didn't like so much about this cruise. Overall, we said we had a wonderful experience. It ended up being a great time. But there were things, of course, as there are with many things you do, that are kind of both sides of the scale. So we're going to start with 
positively the things we loved. And the first thing we loved, we just talked about our cabin. Our cabin, which was called Havana Cabana. Mm -hmm. It's a specialized area with really large veranda, which Michelle was just explaining to you about. Uh, Even though it was on the promenade deck, there was a gate there that kind of closed it off from people. So we had some privacy. We also had access to our own, within our, uh, our cabin category, only those people in those category could use this pool, and uh, they had a couple hot tubs there, as well, and you know, area to sit out in the sun, and a bar there. Only people could use, those people in that category could use that up until seven p.m. So we kind of had a little private area just for our group. We didn't have to be so slammed trying to get a deck chair or whatever we wanted. Exactly, and you know, before going on the cruise, I was really kind of concerned with the issue of after seven p.m. There's going to suddenly be people who want to try to, you know, explore that area. And that really never happened, you know. So I think people, they tended to get used to the locations that they were during the daytime or in the evenings. Maybe they were going more to the bars and things like that. So we really didn't get, it was never heavy traffic. We really didn't get a lot of people walking through other than the people who were there. And in some regards, what was really nice is because uh, it kind of, you know, like you said, it, it, it's a veranda type style. You know, we actually got to talk to some of the people in the areas next to us and get to know them or, you know, at least, you know, learn a little bit more about some of our neighbors on the cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun. It was kind of the, the, the whole veranda was had a white picket fence kind of around it. So it kind of very much felt I mean, it was kind of in a uh, more Latin style white picket fence, but it was still it was fun. And you could open up the front and walk out and walk onto the promenade and walk either out toward some of the restaurants and bars or you can go back towards the back towards where the pool was and just kind of walk out that way and that was just kind of fun and we would the few people we would see walking by a lot of times were some of our uh neighboring cabin mates exactly you know and you still had the ability to lock your your actual cabin Mm -hmm. your sliding doors and things like that so never felt like somebody was going to you know just be able to freely walk through our private area of course we paid a little bit more for this cabin it wasn't the cheapest cabin by far on board, but it really was a value to us, especially it just ended up working out perfectly. We had a nice time to just sit out, relax. The weather was perfect, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, we just really enjoyed this cabin, and we already booked it again for another cruise. We're on actually a ship that's coming out in uh, 2020 or 2021. I think it's 2021, the Panorama. Yeah which is coming out and going to be sailing out of Mexico or sailing down to Mexico out of Long Beach coming up soon. Maybe 2020. But it's coming out uh, within the next couple of years here. And we've booked a sail, uh, uh, another cruise aboard that ship in the exact same style and number cabin we had for this one. That's how much we loved it. Right. And... If you are looking to explore Carnival Cruise as an option for you, these cabin styles are, are only on the newest ships. Right. So I think from Vista forward. Yeah, the Vista, the Horizon. Uh, what's the next one that's coming out? Is it the... Um, Riviera? Mm, I'm trying to remember, but the, there's another ship coming out, and then there's the Panorama that's coming out after that. It was like... It wasn't the sunshine or i don't remember oh yeah something Something like like sunshine um but just take a look for those ships they all have those cabins aboard them and they are a good time so one other thing about the cabins is that these cabins were for uh passengers who were i believe it was 12 and old oh yeah that's right right um so so you you couldn't have kids in the cabin area um the other thing though on that ship is they do have family cabins 
that are mm-hmm. more geared towards families and kids. So, you know, in addition to like how they style the room to have, I think they have an extra TV for the kids and bunk beds, things like that in certain cabins. And they also have like a, a lounge where kids can go and families can right. go. They have a lot of different styles of category, uh, categories of cabins on this ship for various different needs. Of course, they have the very simple inside cabins uh, up to you know some really nice suites, uh, just a lot of different things and to look for if you're trying to book ahead on this cruise. And, but we like the cabin we were in. That's why we stayed with it, and that's what we're going to do on the panorama. And exactly. We're looking forward to that. And right out of Long Beach, so it'll be nice and close to home. Uh, on to our itinerary. As I told you before, we did an eight-day Southern Caribbean cruise. It started on a Saturday and did the following Sunday of the next week. Really great itinerary. We really loved it. Here's how we uh, went. Uh, we went to Grand Turk of Turk and, Turk and, Turks and Caicos. I could say it. Uh, La Romana of the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, we stopped in Curacao and we stopped in Aruba. It's one of our favorite things that we loved about this cruise is that we loved the ports. Uh, Grand Turk, if you haven't been there, it's really great. They've put a lot of money into the cruise ship area itself. So where the cruise pulls into port. Uh, They put a lot of money into that area. They have a fenced-off area with some shops and everything, but they also have a great white sand beach right there on that site. Uh, Lots of lounge chairs. Um, Just a great area that you can just walk right off the ship. You don't even need to go. If you want to go do an excursion, great, but you can have a great day just getting off the ship. We happened to get there, and we were like only there from 8 to 1.30, so it was kind of a half day, so we weren't looking to do too much, but it was a wonderful beach day. Um, You know, the the beach chairs don't cost you a thing. There's not a lot of solicitation going on there like you can find in some uh, cruise ports at some of the beaches. Uh, There was a nice bar nearby, which we got some great, wonderful uh, tropical drinks at. Uh, Just had a really great day there right it really was beautiful um the water was nice and it was actually kind of calm you could go into it um right there on the beach and like you said it had a little bar also a little restaurant mm-hmm. if you wanted to try some local seafood but it really was beautiful and very convenient um and i walked along the coast of the of the area a little bit more than you did and i don't know if i had shared this with you but when you got certain distance away from the port on the beach there was actually like a fence and it said you are now leaving the cruise terminal port area you know you're kind of at your own risk right so it seems like they like you said they did put money into making this really nice and uh, feeling of protection and so uh kind of had it all there in a really simple location. Right. It's not to say Grand Turk is dangerous. It's not by any stretch of the imagination. Plenty of people went out and did things both uh, through the cruise line excursions and on their own. There are lots of great places to go. Lots of great other beaches you can go to around that island. Uh, However, we just, you know, we just wanted to take it easy and there was all these chairs out there. We got out early, got a great chair. Uh, You could see it would get fairly busy after a point. It was a fairly busy beach after the ship of 4,000 plus guests on it started to empty out onto there. But there were lots of great spaces to get to, and we really loved that port and would go there again. Right. And I think as long as there's only one cruise ship in port at that time, like we were we were getting ready to right. sail as another one was coming in. I think if there were two at the same time, it might get crowded. Unless they were two small ships. True. Yeah, but if there are ships around the same size as this one, then it might be a little crazy. You better hope you're the one that pulls in there first and you can get that chair first. By the way, if you're going off the dock, if you happen to be going there, if you're going off the dock, the right side of the ship has some 
chairs that tend to be they they didn't get taken up as much. It was it wasn't really a secluded beach, but it felt a little more secluded than the left side from the ship, which everybody seemed to flock to mostly. So, and also they I've heard that if you go farthest out, uh, that everybody tries to kind of huddle nearer the ship. As you go farther out, you might be able to find more chairs as well. Um, so just giving you some tips on that. Uh, Dominican Republic, we didn't really do much in the Dominican Republic, to be honest with you. We just kind of planned to do some other things during that day and just kind of take advantage of the pool. But uh, it really was a great view from the ship of it. Really right. interesting. I thought it was funny as a sports fan that the first thing you see when you pull into the port there is there's three baseball fields with all these kids <laughs> playing. If you know anything about the Dominican Republic and Major League Baseball, there's some great, great Major League Baseball players that came from the Dominican Republic, and it's classic just if you know that's what i think of the dominican republic i'm sure that's not really what it's all about but that's what i think of being a sports fan right. and so there's baseball fields right there next to when their kids out there playing all day long it was a really great to see right right i could just imagine them playing there and getting the view of like the port and the cruise ships coming in it must be fun too yeah, yeah. so really cool uh curacao was really beautiful we did do an excursion in curacao uh, we went out and did a kayaking excursion uh through the spanish waters there what they call the spanish waters uh, really great trip. We had some great guides. They took us uh, through this area. There was even a little tricky part where the, the current would go pretty fast. So you had to kind of just get it right, exactly right. right. Um, we had someone in our, in our party that not, not us, but someone with our group that did tip over in that part and they had a tough time getting back in, but they got through it and had a good time. But we had a lot of good time. They did say it was also a snorkeling uh, excursion. There really wasn't much snorkeling. We had yeah. like 15 <laughs> minutes at the end of it at a beach to kind of relax and drink some water and kind of, just chill out. But uh, the snorkeling was a kind of a whatever there. But the kayaking was really great, and we'd do that again as well. Absolutely. It was beautiful. It was, you know, really interesting because we were um, kayaking in an area that did have a lot of other traffic, you know, whether it be jet skis or boats. So in addition to the regular current, you'd have to also be watching when a when a yacht went by or something like that and caused some additional waves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the interesting things that we passed by is that the, the Curacao Yacht Club, which is there, and they said that, told us, and we didn't know this going in, that apparently it's a place where a lot, when hurricanes come into the area nearby, a lot of the uh, boats from the other islands will come there because a lot of times Curacao gets missed but for whatever the reason their placement is out there in the you know in the uh, Caribbean the Gulf of Mexico uh, that they don't get hit a lot by the hurricane so a lot of a lot of these boats come there to be safe while this is going on right a lot of how the mountain formation is mm-hmm. I think also kind of helps shield some things and you know so yeah that was interesting to to hear about that as well yeah so it really a fun excursion we were by the way the, we were paddling through what they call the beverly hills area of curacao and they had these amazing houses uh just crazy stuff insane. right there on the water insane insane yachts out there too there's just some really crazy stuff but it was really a cool experience and again like i said we would do that again aruba was our final port of call uh we did plan to go into port that day and kind of just we, we didn't have an excursion plan but we were going to kind of walk around maybe hit up a casino while we're there kind of do some shopping and everything but unfortunately poor michelle came down with a vicious vicious migraine that day yeah. and so we kind of just laid yeah. low yeah. uh relaxed Stand in the cabin, kind of just read, watch TV, whatever, just until her headache went away. Poor thing. She was suffering. <laughs> yeah, it's Poor rare thing. that I get them, but I think uh, the 
by the combination of, you know, maybe not drinking enough on that other excursion, being out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably wasn't. Stay hydrated, <laughs> ladies know, and gentlemen. Stay hydrated. You know, and, you know, should have worn a hat and things like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> it, all, it all piles up. Mm-hmm. And there is salt water splashing on us, and that will drain you out, too. If you don't think about it, the salt getting on you will, will start to drain moisture out of your body. Just all things that uh, kind of fed into that. Now, we had been to Aruba before. It's the one island that we visited that we'd been to before. That's why we didn't have much plan to do there because we've done stuff there before. So we just kind of were going to take it easy. But, you know, unfortunately for Michelle, she wasn't feeling great. But she got feeling better soon enough. And we had the last couple of our days, which were sea days, which were right. great days Absolutely. on the ship. Yes. So those were the – we loved the ports. They were great. Uh, I highly recommend if you have never been to some of these ports, um, doing a Southern Caribbean to some of these areas. Uh, they were spectacular. We had wonderful weather. January was spectacular down there. It was like mid-80s, sunny, you know, a little clouds. Sometimes it would rain a little bit, but it was never really bad. Uh, the water was smooth as could be. It yeah. really had smooth sailing. Uh, it was a really great time in that regard. Absolutely, yeah. And um, it's really cool. Being, finding yourself that close to South America. Yeah. yeah, it's really We were really close to South America. Yeah. You can almost see it from where we went. And um, on our next cruise, what we have planned, which is the Panama Canal cruise, mm-hmm. we are actually going to finally touch South America for the first time when we go to Cartagena, So, yes. which we had planned for our last Panama Canal <laughs> cruise, but they had to cancel it because then there's some weird stuff going on in Colombia at that time. So they had to change the ports around. So we didn't get to do it that time, but we're hopefully going to get to do it uh, next year when we do our Disney Cruise Line Panama Canal cruise. Um, other things we love from this cruise. The chef's table experience was the best thing of the whole cruise. We tried to book this ahead of time. Uh, It was already sold out, booked up. We couldn't get into it before the cruise started, so we just kind of... Figured, well, we'll go on the waiting list and just hope for the best. Um, we had booked a uh, night actually at the steakhouse, and then they called uh, the night. It happened to actually be the same night we were in uh, uh, Grand Turk. Uh, they called and said, we have a spot open. Would you like to take it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. It's it, 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 You go in and you meet with uh, this, well, at least we met with the sous chef of the whole ship, the sous chef, which is basically second in command of the kitchen. Um, you get to go within the kitchen itself where they're feeding 4,000 plus people right. out of um, this kitchen. They have a kind of a, a secluded area that has a smaller kitchen that they use for this event and I think in some, a few other things, but mostly for this. And they have a specialized room which you go into, which is the chef's table room, which is decorated immaculately. Uh, Really interesting. They started us out with this fantastic thing that was like a levitating dish. Like it had some magnets on the bottom and a a magnet within the dish. And so they would push against one another and it would levitate above and then they served food on top of it. If you go to our social media, you can see a video of it. It's the craziest thing. Right, because you could spin it as it hovered above the the plate there. And it was fun. It was just really a very uh, impressive way to initiate evening. Yeah, exactly the way it was. It was just really amazing to kind of check it out for the first time. Uh, The presentation, that was the start of the presentation. It only kept going from there. Everything was amazing. The food was spectacular. I don't know how much food we got, but it must have been. It seemed like it was like 
18 courses of right. food. <laughs> there were so many little tiny, it was all little tiny plates and they were spread out over three hours, but uh, it was amazing food done in an amazing way. Um, and it was a surprising value for us. I mean, yes, you can go on the cruise ship and eat in the dining room, main dining room and the buffet and some other places and not pay an extra cent. This was, I believe it was $95 right. per person. Um, but it was well worth that price. Not only that, we also got all the wine thrown in without any extra cost. So we had a champagne, a glass of champagne when we first got in there. And then both white and red that paired with the meals all the way through, and they just kept reloading it for us. We right. had all the wine we needed. Um, like I said, it was a three-hour experience. We got a tour of the kitchen. Uh, they put a little. Uh, they had a magician come in at <laughs> one point and kind of put on a little show with us, which is kind of sounds kind of weird, but it was really entertaining because right. he would do everything. There was fourteen people in at this table, so and he would do something with every single person at the table. He stole my watch right <laughs> off my wrist. I didn't feel it. I had no idea until he dangled it in front of me. Like I got your watch. I'm like, what? What? happened here um really cool it was just a really fun event and uh if you get a chance to do it uh, book it early get on the wait list if you can't book it if you're going to do this but um do it it's it's amazing right absolutely and you know it what i was thinking about it after it's uh it actually remy's I think it's the next closest thing mm-hmm. on a cruise ship that we've done that's similar to that. Um, you know, especially if you do their tasting with the um, with the wine package, it's similar price. You know, um, the one on the Carnival Cruise did charge you for an additional, not just the ninety five dollars, but also for eighteen uh, percent gratuity. Right. So, but it was but comparable to Remy's. I yeah, think, I think if the you diff- don't get to do <laughs> right. The difference with Remy, I think, is that uh, Remy, you, it, you, it's more like it'd be just the two of us. Right. It could be more of a romantic dinner, or if you have some friends with you, you know, table for four or whatever. It could be like it's more of a group. This was we were sitting with a bunch of people we didn't know. Right. Um, so you know, they were all nice people, and we enjoyed the the night with them. Uh, but you know, I think that's the difference there. The food and the presentation is really great at Remy. Right. Uh, we love that a lot. But uh, this was excellent as well. Um, and actually, I think it's a better value than I love Remy. I, I agree. But yes. I, this is a better pure value. I think the food might be a little bit better, Remy, although this was pretty darn good. So it's really hard to say. Right. Um, well, and the other thing that made this even more special, I guess, than Remy's would be the fact that you actually had the chef in the room with you mm-hmm. as you were doing the tasting. So if you had any questions um, and just his you know, interaction and being involved directly with it, whereas Remy's – like you said, it's like a date. You know, somebody's bringing you the food. The servers are excellent, great, great service. Um, but it, it is much more special having the actual chef be there yeah. in the room as you're being served. Exactly, exactly. Uh, a few other things that we liked. We'll get past the, it, but we won't get away from food because we never get away from food. <laughs> uh, there were some extra fee restaurants. Actually, a lot of extra fee restaurants to pick from on the ship. Um, we only did a couple of them that we actually paid for. There's, they have some sampling stuff that's cheaper or it doesn't cost anything during the day that you can kind of sample a few things and those were hit and miss. But as far as uh, for dinner, we only tried two of them. We tried the sushi place, which was good. We enjoyed the sushi right. place. It was very good. And the Italian, which was fantastic, I love the Italian restaurant. Uh, great choice. You get a, uh, basically it's fifteen bucks extra. You get a three course dinner. All of it was spectacular, and um, I'd recommend the Italian. Yeah, that one. The service was above mm-hmm. and beyond. The food was a better quality than what you got into the dining room. So. Right. Yeah. The other thing I liked about this ship in particular, the Carnival Horizon, was that even though there are like four thousand guests on board this ship, it never really felt that crowded there weren't i mean maybe if we didn't try and 
dodge people at the the main pool, so maybe that was that way. But like when you went to the buffet or some of the other places, some of the uh, spaces where they were having uh, the trivia, or you know, just if you wanted to go sit down and have a cocktail or whatever, never really felt that crowded. You didn't feel like you were slammed in all the time with people. Right. What you sometimes can be on some of these cruise ships, exactly, exactly. And the other thing that was nice about this is they did also cater to kids. Yeah, so they did have a special area for kids. They broke it up by age categories, very similar to what Disney does mm-hmm. on their cruise ship. Um, they've really embraced the Dr. Seuss and, you know, they have a whole pool area and, you know, water playground for the kids. That's Dr. Seuss um, theme and then some other little parties they have. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't look to see what the charges I know they had, were. But. Yeah, I think there was a brunch. I don't think it would cost anything that they had a brunch that was like a character brunch that you could go take the kids right. to and they would, I think some of the Cat in the Hat and right. uh, I you think, know, think one thing too. Yeah, that's right. And that was so it was kind of like a character breakfast aboard Disney Cruise Line. Only it was for Doctor Seuss characters. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, so that's kind of cool. Now on to what we didn't like so much about this cruise, and let's start off with we talked about. Oh wait, I had one, one more. Thing. Thing. One more thing she liked. One more thing. Oh that good. I liked. <laughs> good. I'm glad we have more things we like before we get to the negative yeah. stuff. So I actually liked how they did the internet plan. Compared to other cruise ships. That's true. That was interesting why they did it. Right. So like on Disney Cruise, if you've gone on Disney Cruise, you know, you sign up on the first day and you get, you know, a small package or portion of a package. And, you know, that you really have to keep track of Mm -hmm. your minutes and how long everything is taking. On the Carnival, they actually have internet plans that you can save money by pre-purchasing. And they have like three levels. Um, And the... The lowest level, which was, you know, less than $7 a day, Mm -hmm. you know, gave you access to social media. So whether it be Facebook, Instagram, you know, um, Twitter, you know, all those, you would have unlimited access that day for those. And you could get it per cabin. Mm -hmm. So like we were able to use it together as long as we were on a device at the same time. Right. You know, if you wanted to both have access at the same time, you'd have to get two packages. You know, and then they'd have the next level that allowed you more access with emails and some other websites and then obviously the the premium package that gave you everything and supposedly at a faster, three times faster rate. But I thought that was a really nice way to have the internet plan set up compared to anything else we've seen on cruise ships. Yeah, so I, I... to prepay and know what it was going to cost. Especially when you kind of were out there. A lot of people are into the social media and want to share what's going on in their vacation nowadays. And But you don't, you know, you're not maybe going and visiting all these websites or whatever. Right. So why would you need to, you know, fully pay the full fee when you just want to get on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever you're doing, Pinterest, right. um, <laughs> you know, if you just want to get on those things. So it was nice to have that just a little bit less expensive package there right. that you could use if you want to get your emails in, but you still don't want to visit a bunch of other sites, then yeah, you can do the email the one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really was. You're, you're right. I, I left that out, but you're right. That yeah. was a nice uh, addition. Yeah. Like I said, you knew what that cost was it wasn't that bad actually it was a really good cost i mean i guess because it's based on the number of days of your cruise so if you have a like a two-week cruise and it might start getting a little pricier but yeah at least you knew what it was at and there wasn't any additional cost whereas on other cruise lines you know as you use up your your time and you have to buy in more and this way you just knew what it was right exactly so that are those the things are we 
That's, uh, anything else you want to add from things we liked? Or? Yeah, I think that goes with the things that we liked. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Now we'll go on to the negative. But now that we're going to stick around, there wasn't a lot of negative, actually, surprisingly. Right. Um, we actually love this cruise for the most part. The, here's the things we didn't like, though. Uh, the nickel and diming, uh, we told you about it. It's you know kind of what it is. When you pay the cheaper fare to get on this cruise, uh, there's going to be stuff that they're going to try and charge you for. There was a lot of stuff, you know, some, you know, the different food items, um, a lot of the different drink fry packages, there are a lot of sorts of different photo things. They're trying to smack you with the photo things all the time, uh, various different things. Not crazy about it. Um, didn't hurt our vacation. We got used to it pretty quickly right. and just knew when to just pass that stuff by. But just so you know, going in, that that's a negative thing that you're probably going to have to deal with if you go on this. Right. Um, I think for us, it was at first very overwhelming how how much we forget nickel- when we've been on Disney so often right, how right. that can be. Yeah. Right. Or even Royal Caribbean or Princess and right. things. They don't upsell as much. Um, but once you just realize that it is, that's what it is and you have the control of what you want to spend, then then you can get past it and enjoy the rest right. of the cruise. Yeah. Um, what the one thing we really did disliked, and that was the main dining room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really disappointing because we're so used to being with well for Disney Cruise Line, and but many other cruise lines. We sailed with Princess. We sailed with Royal Caribbean. We sailed with Carnival before, and it used to be better than this. But we went into the main dining room, and maybe it was just our servers, um, but they just didn't seem to care much. You know, they didn't seem to try and. They didn't know our names at first going in. I mean, they remembered it when we came back later, but they didn't know our names coming in, which is a rare thing. Usually the server has that into their head. They didn't even seem to know the menu. Like, we would ask for recommendations. They're like, you choose. Right. You know, and it's like, well, how about helping us out? Because you've seen this stuff. We haven't seen it. What might be better? We'd like a little help from this regard. It seems like they... Like it was a new menu to them, but I know it wasn't. So it was really strange. Uh, the food was lackluster in the dining room. Uh, almost everything I need. I never liked to shake salt on anything. I needed to shake salt on just about everything right, in the dining right. room. I uh, was really unimpressed. That being said, like I said, the food at the and you, you know part of it you can say is, well, you're paying extra. Of course, that food should be better. And yes, right. it was. But also the buffet was surprisingly good. Every time yes, we went to the buffet, it was. it was shockingly good for, you know, I mean, buffet are used to it not being that great aboard a cruise ship or wherever. Uh, it was actually surprisingly good. And that didn't cost anything extra. Um, right. And it was the easiest thing to get if you wanted to. That's so. true. And they also had the little side buffet on a, on a, on a lower deck that was also available during the day. It didn't have quite as much. But what it did have was a lot nicer, too. I mean, so... They had a lot of different food areas. That's part of the reason why, as I said before, it didn't feel that crowded. There was a lot of different places where people could visit to pick up food. Um, And most of it didn't cost anything extra. There's a burger place. There's a a taco place. Um, There's uh, the the barbecue place on certain sea days would uh, serve out lunch for free. I mean, it was a charge if you went into the restaurant in the evening, but it was kind of a buffet thing in the day for free, and that was good. Um, So, I mean, there was food options. I just was disappointed in the main dining room. And I don't think when we do this cruise again in the panorama, we may not spend as much time in the dining room if this was any indication of what's coming uh, for it in the future. Right. I mean, the other option, too, that we didn't take a hold of was the uh, anytime dining. And that way you might get different servers on different nights and you might find somebody then that is really, you know, a team that is really cohesively working together to help the guests and then you could stick with them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're used to. And that's part of the reason we were disappointed because we're – part of the reasons, like, 
we didn't go into one of the pay restaurants. Like we could have gotten to the steakhouse the very first night and gotten a free bottle of wine with our, our meal for doing it the very first night. But I was like, no, you know, we want to get to know our serving staff and get them to know us. And so we'd be ready. Uh, after going through this one, we're like, no, we could have done any time and we could have picked, a, you know, whatever servers or whatever table we wanted at whatever time we wanted. And right. that's what we'll do at least going forward until we hear that things have changed for Carnival. The only other thing that I'd say we didn't really like, or at least I didn't really like, um, the activities list was fairly small. There wasn't a lot of stuff going on that you didn't have to pay a little extra for. I mean, they did have trivia going on regularly throughout the day, but it was funny because they would stagger them back to back to back to back to back. And so people that love trivia would just park themselves in that area and play trivia all day. And so if you just wanted to get in for one, it was a little difficult at times. I mean, we did do a dance, a salsa dance class, which was fun. Um, And we did do a couple of the trivias and they were fun, but it just, it, it didn't seem like there was a lot going on, but that was Fine, because we had a great cabin, which we enjoyed our veranda a lot. I read two and a half books <laughs> right. while we were there. Um, we saw some, they had some plenty of free on-demand movies that we checked out, movies right. we hadn't seen before. And, um, you know, we, we just enjoyed it for what it was. Right, right. You know, to just kind of detach from everything else, it was great. But you're right, the the activities were were not as uh, impressive during the daytime. And even in the evening, yeah. and not sure about what was going on. We heard some rumors of some things. They had uh, one, you know, production show that, that I saw part of. <laughs> um, but And that was really good. But okay, that's good. I don't think that they had too much else. I mean, we didn't go see... The magician, no, but which we never do, really, except for the guy who you know came in with the 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 chef table. But um, yeah, I mean, we're so used to Disney, and they have such great shows that I mean, it's kind of like you 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 kind of miss it when they're not there. Exactly, looking forward to it. So, I mean, they did have first run movies there. I mean, they they have an IMAX theater on board. Yes, you had to pay a little to go see them. But uh, if you want to go see a movies, they had uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse playing right. there. They had um, Aquaman. Aquaman playing. Yeah. Uh, we could have gone and done that. We didn't. We tried to. We just did. We actually wanted to see Spider-Verse, but it didn't work into our schedule. So we didn't get to do it. But uh, what can you do? Uh, anyway, is there anything else that you, you didn't find that no. you like? No, I think that was Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I mean, just a few things that we didn't like so much. And overall, it was a great trip and we enjoyed it. And Mm -hmm. you just got to know what you're going in for when you go with Carnival. And at some point in the future, we're going to compare all the different cruise lines we've sailed on and tell you what's good and what's bad about each one of them. That's going to be one of our main topics in one of our episodes uh, coming up here. So we will get to that in the future. On to what else we did uh, on this vacation. Yes, we got done with the cruise and then we headed up north from Miami and Florida up to, well, first we went to Coco to visit her sister and brother-in-law, but then we had to go, we can't be in Florida without playing a visit to Walt Disney World right. Resort. And it just happened to be the Fest, Inter- Epcot International Festival of the Arts going on. So we had to check that out for you, but we are only there for a short time. So, you know, we kind of figured we might need a little somebody to help fill in the gaps who happened to be there at about the same time we were. And it just so happens He's been a guest on this show in the past, just a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact, and he's also an OG Hyperion Adventure. Rob LeBerry joins the show. Rob, so happy to have you with us again. Well, thank you guys for having me back. Oh, always. We're happy to have you. And by the way, we got to meet Rob when we were out there, him yeah. and his lovely wife, Kim, and we had a great evening with the two blast. of them. It was a blast. Absolutely. You're still recovering. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. 
Pretty much. We had, by the way, another note, uh, the Top of the World Lounge for all you DVC members is open. It's still good to go. We went up there and had a great time with with Rob and Kim. And yes, we're still paying for that night a little bit, but we had a good time. It was fun. So uh, let's get to the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. As I said, we were there for just a short time. Um, Rob was there for, how long were you there for? You were about uh, a week out there? Yeah, we were there from the Wednesday uh, prior to meeting up with you guys uh, through uh, the Wednesday following that. So we were there for seven full days. Nice. Perfect. But the uh, the Festival of the Arts didn't open up for a few days until after you got there. So uh, how, many t- how many times did you get to go visit the uh, International Festival of the Arts? We made three separate visits and nice. we were kind of... Um, of working it in with some of the kind of deep dives into the pavilion that we wanted to do on that trip. So it was a nice balance of, you know, old standby or standard Epcot, uh, as well as some of the new uh, International Festival of the Arts uh, offerings that they had this year. Very cool. Yeah, we had a great time in the short time we were out there. We tried to take in as much as we could. <laughs> we only had a few hours to do it, but we tried to get in a few things. And I thought what we'd go through is kind of some of the uh, things that we liked about it, um, some of the food, mostly food. I'm just going to talk food mostly because that's what I do. I'm hungry always <laughs> in the, during the show is going on, and so we need to talk food. So most of the things that we kind of liked, some of the stuff that was pretty good, some of the stuff that maybe wasn't as good, and then the stuff that you we're going to try and help you out. But just don't bother trying to pay for this food because we didn't think it was that good at all. I, I think you might have some agreements on those, Rob. No, Absolutely. Uh, so let's start with, well, first of all, let's just start with what the uh, Epcot International Festival of the Arts is. And it's it's really a kind of a cool uh, area way to use the World Showcase and much of Epcot to uh, bring out a lot of artists so they get exposure. But there's also lots of activities out there uh, in the uh, Odyssey. Uh, which was for so long has actually kind of sat dormant over there on right. the side. Uh, they kind of opened it up this year, and that was kind of their uh, show place where they were doing a lot of things. The festival show place is what they called it. And we, I know they had the uh, Animators Academy out there. We saw them uh, teaching people how to draw Donald Duck when we were out That's there. Right. Uh, I don't know, Rob, did you get any chance to check out any of that, uh, the activities that were going on throughout there? Uh, you know, we, it seemed like every time we passed by the festival stage, uh, they were between, uh, artists. So we didn't see a lot of that. Obviously the human statues were pretty much always out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got a, got a, do a pretty good dive through of all the booths that they had. Uh, and obviously some of the food. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we mainly went through is the food. We did check out some of the. There are also lots of tents and kiosks that have uh, display different people who've done lots of various styles of Disney art. Some of it is very Disney. Some of it's just kind of a hint of Disney, but really interesting stuff to go check out. And we actually saw a couple of the artists uh, painting things while we were out there, which was kind of cool. Right, right, and. Uh, there were some really beautiful things. We fortunately didn't have any room in our suitcase. I was able to corral her <laughs> and say, no, we cannot. We're not paying to ship this home. We are not buying this thing. We are able to come away without, but it's really tempting. There are some really nice pieces of art out there for sure. I'm sure you saw some nice Star Wars things out there, Rob. Yeah, we did. Actually, um, we kind of were remarking that there seemed to be less Star Wars art than the first year that we were there, which, you know, obviously we were there for the inaugural as well. Um, But, you know, the the booth that they had still had some pretty cool pieces in it, including a must have been a six, seven foot tall Darth Vader painting. Wow. Um, But that wasn't going to fit in anybody's suit. As I said, I mean, one thing to pay for the yards, another thing to pay for the shipping. Right. Uh, we're not adding that on to it. Uh, 
Anyway, so let's get to the most important thing, and that is the food. Uh, so we tried several small plates around there. I'm sure, Rob, in your three days there, you got to try several of your own, maybe some that we've tried, um, some other ones that you liked. Uh, tell us some of the things that were your favorite things that you tried out there. I think probably the two that really stood out for us were uh, at the American Pavilion, uh, at the Artists' uh, Table, I believe it was the name of the booth. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had a beef wellington with mushroom bordelaise, uh, fennel cream, and roasted baby vegetables. I believe you guys had commented on this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That was $8. It was uh, Disney Dining Plan snack eligible, and we thought that was uh, really good. It was tender, smoky meat, um, and the bordelaise sauce was really good. I wish they had put more of that sauce uh, on the dish actually uh but it, overall it was really well cooked yeah we agreed we had that right. was one of our favorites as well um I, interesting you bring it up the uh, the snack option there for the disney dining plan i don't think many people know that going into that that you can use some of your snack credits uh for these uh and you brought that up to me i didn't we didn't do the disney dining plan obviously we we're just there for one day but uh i thought that was an interesting point yeah, it's actually, um, we generally don't do the dining plan. We were there in September for uh, International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot, and we did get free dining for that trip. So um, definitely with the snack credit, anytime you're getting more than 5 or $6 out of that snack credit, um, it's really excellent value on the dining plan. And so being able to use your snack credits for these items from almost every booth, uh, the food items are eligible, is a great way to use your dining plan. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah, and a very good tip. Uh, thank you for that, Rob. By the way, also, uh, if you're going out there to the artist table in the American Adventure, one thing that we really loved was the Sagatuck Brewing Company Neapolitan Milk Stout. Because uh, yeah. we happen to like dark beers, and that is one, if you like dark beers, that is one worth sampling. Uh, it actually went really well with the Beef Wellington. Absolutely, so. yes. And um, coming from Michigan, we have access to that all year round. So. Hey, oh. perfect. <laughs> Sometimes we're, sometime we're going to have to trade uh, some of our craft beers, our San Diego area craft beers, with some of your Michigan craft beers. And, Absolutely. And uh, maybe do a taste-off or something. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, so what was the other thing that you found that was very, really good, uh, that you really liked, uh, the uh, food kiosks? Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is on your list as well, but the uh, sushi donut mm-hmm. from uh, Takumi Table at the right. Japan Pavilion, yeah. um, which featured sama, uh, sorry, salmon, tuna, shrimp, avocado, and masago uh, act- accented citrus soy jelly uh, with some wasabi cream. Um, that was seven fifty. Again, dining plan uh, snack eligible and. Kim, uh, my wife, basically thought this was the best dish of the festival, hands down. Uh, it was really fresh. The rice was tender and sticky, and it was really, really tasty. Yes, uh, we got it, and we thought, yeah. okay, well, we'll get this, and it'll be a nice picture because it's really beautiful looking. It's a sushi donut is funny because, you know, you think, what, sushi in a donut? What? No, it's the rice is formed in a circular dish like a, like a donut, and then they, they lay the sushi, uh, the actual fish, and the other parts on top of it. And it's very colorful and very beautiful looking. Um, but we thought, okay, we'll try it. It's a great picture, and we like sushi, so we'll give it a try. It was delicious. It Don't really you agree? Was. I, yeah, I agree, and I agree with Kim of everything that that we tried. And it was a small sampling of what we tried. That really was the best, and it was fun too. <laughs> We thought seven fifty for that was a steal. Oh, yeah, we agreed yeah. the same thing. And we're like, we only paid seven fifty for this thing. That is an insanely good deal. And uh, we would have, if we had more time, we probably would have hit that up two or three more times because that was really good. 
Uh, they also had the, when we were there for the Flower and Garden Festival last year, that was where they had the frushi. Yes. Which was the oh, yeah. fruit sushi, which was actually pretty good, too. Uh, so they always have interesting things going on at Takumi Table or wherever they call it in the Japan Pavilion uh, during their festivals. Uh, so on to some things that were pretty good. Maybe not the greatest things out there, but were there some things he kind of liked, Rob, that maybe wasn't like their favorite thing, but you still kind of enjoyed it? Yeah, um, we actually uh, tried scallop dishes at both the American Pavilion at the artist table, mm-hmm. um, and that was uh, pan-seared scallop with chorizo, roasted red pepper coulis, and a Parmesan crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, it was overall, uh, it wasn't a bad dish, um, but it was a single scallop. Uh, ours was pretty well cooked, but it was cool by the time it got served to us, mm-hmm. and the the roasted red pepper coulis was incredibly salty, so um, that kind of overrode all the other flavor of that particular dish. Yeah, see, we tried that one too, and I actually had that on our not-so-good list because of the fact that, yes, the scallop was nice, but the scallop was the only thing that was really good on that plate. Um, the chorizo and the roasted red pepper coulis, at least for us, yes, it was a little salty, but it was also a little bitter. Like, they left some of the skins mm. on, uh, they didn't peel them correctly, or they didn't uh, get some of the ribs out. They were, it was just incredibly bitter to us, and it was a kind of a disappointment, because it's a very pretty dish, mm-hmm. and uh, we heard in the past it was better than this, but it just wasn't so good. Maybe it was just a couple bad days. Hopefully they've improved it, but um, I would suggest, I mean, I, I guess you liked it okay, uh, so Maybe it's better than what we thought of it as, but yeah. yeah, it was one of those dishes. I mean, there was uh, it wasn't bad, uh, but I certainly wouldn't go back and and get that again. Um, and we kind of had a similar experience on the Mexico Pavilion. Mm. Uh, really, both of the entree offerings from that pavilion. One was a slow braised pork marinated uh, in an ancho chili paste and mm-hmm. served on fried corn dough with black beans, queso Oaxaca, crema mexicana, and salsa verde. Uh, that was six ninety five, um, and it was it was good, but not nearly as good as what they had offered during the food and wine festival. Mm. Um, and they also had a scallop dish. At least with that one, uh, it was like eight twenty five. Uh, but that one had two seared scallops with the ginger habanero sauce um, and some yuca puree. So it wasn't as hot as you would think for something that has habanero in the in the right. title. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, it was kind of the scallops were were cooked well but it was a forgettable dish really mm. that's too bad that's a shame yeah. uh, a couple of things that we liked but we didn't think were like really outstanding but they were good um we had uh, the gallery bites trio of hors d'oeuvres at the uh painter's palette and the odyssey uh, festival showplace mm-hmm. that uh, the crispy truffled risotto ball and truffle aioli which was really good yes. uh the traditional deviled egg with candied bacon was Pretty good. Mostly the candied bacon made right. that dish with a little bit of the uh, salty in the deviled egg. So it was kind of a sweet and salty thing. But the chilled shrimp and cucumber cream cheese on a crostini just kind of was a whatever on that dish. So right, right. it was all right. It just wasn't the, our favorite thing. Um, we like the sous vide poulet rouge chicken roulade that Pop eats near the Disney Traders. Uh, that was pretty good. Nice tender chicken. Um, there was a little sauce in there that I wasn't crazy about, but there was also some sort of like uh, blueberry or it was it a beet sauce or whatever that was really good with yeah, it that we liked. Yeah. Um, we also had the almond frangipan cake layered with raspberry jam that I know you loved yes. a lot. Uh, that was really good. And I've learned not to offer you any. Yes, because I will take a good <laughs> chunk of it. Anyway, no, the worst thing, she tried to say, this is terrible. You don't want to try anything. Well, of course, or you say it's terrible. I got to try it now. <laughs> she said, oh, this is great. I'm not going to give you any. And then I was, okay, fine, whatever. 
Uh, and then the other thing we liked, of course, because we had to have more beer, the Neapolitan beer flight at Decadent Delights near Port of Entry was kind of hit and miss. Uh, the Three Daughters Strawberry Blonde Nitro was... Okay, if you like lighter beers, it did have a hint of strawberry. It was kind of nice. Uh, the Breckenridge Nitro Vanilla Porter really just didn't go anywhere for me. It just didn't really have, pack a lot of flavor. But the Young's Double Chocolate Stout, which you've had in the past, right. uh, not at this event, but someplace else, uh, was really, really good. Again, of course, we lean towards the stout. But um, that, that, those were all all right. Uh, anything else that stood out to you, Ron? Um Probably, uh, I know that Kim had had a dish uh, from Refreshment Port kind of as you're coming uh, into the World Showcase mm-hmm. over by the Canada Pavilion. And this is a quick service location that's always there. Um, she had had uh, some lobster um, lobster chips, essentially. Yes, is what they were we called. had those too. Yep, yep, with the house-made chips, lobster, and yep. then like a lobster bisque cream sauce and some pickled jalapenos and yep. citrus cream. Um, it was eight ninety nine, so a little bit more expensive, but they did put a decent portion of lobster on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than the chips being fairly salty, um, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a good dish. Yeah, see, what, what, what we found with this um, is that if you got everything on the chip, it was okay. But if you had like too much of the chip, it was so salty that it would overpower oh, yeah. the dish sometimes. Yep. Um, so... You know, take it for what you want with that. If you're willing to pay that, again, it's more expensive than some of the other plates, and it's hit and miss on it. Um, you know, maybe it's something you want to try. Uh, I personally, I would say that we kind of wish we hadn't done that one. But yeah. I'm glad you liked it. And, uh, yes, there was actually a good amount of real – you could yes. see the lobster on there. There was a good amount of lobster in it, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing that I will point out is I know that with, with this particular festival, they're really kind of going more for uh, the plating of the dish and trying to make it artistic and beautiful. Right. Um, and when they're producing it in mass quantities, uh, the issue tends to be that uh, sometimes the dishes are not as hot as you'd like them. And I actually had uh, mentioned to Kim, I said, what's the inside of a tauntaun have in, in common with most of these dishes? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's they're all lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. What I mean, was your approach to deciding where to go and what to try? Um, I had actually looked at some of the menus prior to even coming down. I usually like to have a plan for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But really, we kind of tossed that out the window. And it was just kind of day by day when we were in there, depending on how hungry we were, we'd pick up you know, the, uh, the guidebook for that particular festival mm-hmm. and peruse it and see what looked good for that particular day. We, uh, we didn't really drink a whole lot during the festival. Um, just, just saved it up for the night with us, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It was it was usually earlier in the day, um, uh-huh. and uh, we were you know enjoying a cocktail in the evening typically. So perfect. So yeah, so I mean, like I said, the the food there, it's good to go in with a plan. Uh, we get the passport booklet. I have one right here. The festival passport. It lists all the food uh, items when you're going out there, so you can check them all out ahead of time and pick out what you want to try. Uh, what you might miss. Again, we didn't try everything out there, so if you have any questions about it, we can tell you a few things, but we may not know everything out there, but we'd be happy to help you out. And if we didn't try it, maybe Rob did and Kim did, then we would, we could hit them up as well for you, right? For sure. Was there any uh, anything that you know was a highlight for you that, oh, I wasn't expecting this kind of thing and, and either ran across it or experienced it? Um, not really. I mean, we had a pretty good idea of mm-hmm. what to expect, uh, having been there for the inaugural year. I, I was, again, a little surprised. I thought maybe there would be, uh, more art booths up with this being the third year of the event. Um, and it seemed, you know, relatively similar to the first year we were there, possibly even a few less booths than what we thought. 
Um, I do have to put a public service announcement out there. We did try the Diego Dragon Fruit Margarita in Mexico, and uh-huh. it was $14.25, uh, and it was not good. Um, I would, uh, you know, obviously everyone, uh, you know, feel free to try it for yourself if you're so inclined. Yes, of but it was incredibly sugary. It was yeah. it was not cold at all. Uh, we each took a sip of it and ended up tossing it. So, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that says a lot right there. Yes. Well, I mean, when they do these things, when they put all these things out there, like you said, Rob, I mean, yes, they are going for the artistic, especially with the Festival of the Arts, they're going for the artistic style. Uh, and it is difficult, uh, you know, when they have these off-site locations and they're feeding so many different people on the day that it can be tough to put these out. And so some items are going to be hit and miss. And they're probably, you know, are days where some item, one item might be better than a different day, whether whoever the chefs are putting it together. Yes, you'd like some consistency, but they're putting out so many of these items that they're bound to vary a little bit. So if there's something that we didn't necessarily like as much, it may be better on the day you get there or maybe worse. You just can't know for sure. But there is definitely a lot of great stuff to go try out there. I think you would uh, both agree with me, Michelle. Right, Rob. right. Absolutely. And their layout. I mean, Chris, we're used to here in, in Disneyland or California Adventure when they have the food and wine festival here, the kiosks are all very close together and it gets kind of cluttered when you're, you have lines kind of commingling where at Epcot you have that grand space that you can really, um, you know, walk from area to area and not be so much bumping up against everybody. So that's really a nice benefit. (laughs) It was also so different because the first day we were there and we popped in for a couple hours, it happened to be Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And a lot of people were off on uh, a break for that day. And uh, going through there. It was very crowded. It was the end of the, the holiday weekend. We went and popped in the next day and it like half the people there. It was much easier to <laughs> cruise through for sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, that plays a part in it as well, of course, as it would with any Disney park. Uh, you, you pick and choose the dates you make it there and know what you kind of have an idea of what you might be in for when you go. Speaking of going to a Disney park with fewer people. We also understand the reason why we're bringing Rob on here as well is that while he was out there for that week, he also got to experience Disney after hours. We have not experienced that yet. So we brought him on uh, to discuss it with us and, and share his experience out there with it. So Rob, uh, tell us what, what was, how was Disney after hours for you? Uh, we actually love the event. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm six foot four, and on a typical day in Magic Kingdom Park, I am doing a lot of stutter stepping. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, you've got people cutting across, and you know, the, the strollers, and there's usually a lot of crowds, especially in places like, uh, you know, Storybook Circus or uh, right. back in New Fantasyland. So, um, anytime we get an opportunity to to visit any of the parks uh, with limited crowds, it's always a giant plus. Uh, for us, uh, the the specifics of the particular uh, offering the Disney After Hours at Magic Kingdom Park, uh, advanced purchase of the tickets were $125 plus tax. Um, if you purchase day of, it's $129. Um, but we took advantage of an annual pass holder, uh, annual pass holder discount, and they nice. offer the same for uh, Disney Vacation Club members. So it was only $95 plus tax, and it yeah. came up to, I believe, two hundred two thirty six for the two of us. Oh, that's not uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's the same price. They don't offer uh, children's prices. If you're under three, obviously, you don't require a ticket. Um, You know, so if you get a group of small children together, they could go for free. But um, (laughs) Very small. Right, right. Uh, And you don't need a a day ticket for the park, um, but if you only have a party ticket for that day, uh, you can get in beginning at uh, 7 p.m. 
Nice. Perfect. So yeah. a little mingling with the uh, the people that are there then, and then they escort them out and you have room to skip through the park. <laughs> Actually, uh, the interesting thing about this, and it is different than how they do the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party or the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, because for those events, while they will escort guests out of the park and they have checkpoints set up around property, mm-hmm. um, to kind of guide people to the front if they don't have a party ticket. For the after-hours tickets, they don't do that. Oh, um, really? They don't, wow. they don't clear out the park. So uh, park guests can get in line for a ride, you know, up to the closing time for the park. On our night, it was 8, 8, uh, 8 p.m., and the party went until 11, so it's a three-hour event. Um, that night as well, uh, Happily Ever After was uh, at 8 o'clock that evening. So there were a lot of guests in the hub uh, that stayed fireworks um and by the time they got out of the park it was probably 8 45 but they had closed most of the dining uh locations in the back of the park at seven o'clock um so the back of the park where the attractions generally were was was pretty emptied out uh day guests could get in line though right up until park closing time uh and they'd be able to ride the ride so early in the event uh you can have a little bit of a wait to get on some of the attractions Usually, uh, by the time you're 45 minutes to an hour in, the park is pretty well cleared out to where it's just party guests. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, so, yeah. since you, when it did finally empty out, uh, how easy was it to get on these attractions? Uh, was it just pretty much you front of the line most of the time, or were there were there small waits? What was it like? It was. Uh, they were all walk on uh, nice. for us. Unfortunately, I, I do know that Mine Train tends to have a slight wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mine Train was actually down uh, oh. for probably the first hour, hour and a half that we were back there. Fortunately, I'd you know, already gotten a fast pass for it earlier in the day. We'd already ridden it. But, uh, you know, if you're looking to to do an after-hours event for those particular attractions, um, which is a big draw, then that could certainly be a downer if um, if those attractions are down. Peter Pan's flight was also closed for refurbishment, hmm. um, which would be another of the, you know, the uh, primetime attractions right. that some people would, would go to an event like this for. So, um, but, you know, we did Big Thunder Mountain and Space Mountain. We did uh, completely avoid doing Pirates. We did that before the event started. Um, there is a history of Pirates breaking down uh, during this <laughs> event, and that is an awful way to waste an hour of your three-hour <laughs> I guess that's true, yeah. After hours ticket. So, uh, you know, I wasn't even going to play with that jinx. But, uh, you know, they... They have all the snack carts are open. Um, you can walk up. All the ice cream is free, nice. uh, in, including you know the Mickey Premium Bar and the mm-hmm. ice cream sandwich, um, the you know the fruit bar and the chocolate covered banana if they have it, um, and free popcorn and um, select uh, beverages. So basically, any of the popcorn carts that that have the Coke, Diet Coke, mm-hmm. Sprite, or bottled water, you can get any of that um, for free. Wow, nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. So bottom line, do you feel that it was that the price was worth the experience you got out of it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we'd ridden all the attractions before, but it's, you know, it's a special feeling to be in that particular park um, with that limited number of guests. And it is significantly less people than you'd see at any of the the parties, the Halloween party or the Christmas party. Um, And most people, you know, unless you were going to the park in the the 70s when it first opened, (laughs) um, I don't think most people have ever experienced the park with that few people in it. It's an it's an awesome opportunity to get pictures in front of the castle with very few uh, people in the background. Oh, cool. Speaking of pictures. (laughs) Yeah, they do have PhotoPass photographers set up, and they'll usually line them right up down Main Street. So, um, you know, the farther away from the castle you are, 
you're getting your picture taken and you're basically blocking out the groups closer to the castle. <laughs> um, so they have this down to a science. Very uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. And the only other thing I think should be mentioned is, uh, you know, fortunately we were already using the buses, but the monorail, um, the ferry boats, all those things uh, stop service uh, at their usual time after park closing. Oh, wow. So there is uh, bus service available um, and minivan service available mm-hmm. uh, after you get out of the after hours event uh, to get back to your resort. Uh, but the monorail, the the ferry boat, those things are not available. Oh, interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 You don't want to be out there waiting for the monorail. <laughs> nope, not showing up or the boat. It, it is a long wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow morning, we'll, we'll be here sometime. Uh, well, thanks, Rob. We really appreciate your insight on not only the uh, International Epcot International Festival of the Arts, but also Disney After Hours. And uh, we really appreciate, by the way, uh, getting the chance to meet with you and, and your lovely wife. We had such a good time, and I think we have a, a blossoming friendship. And uh, I also understand there's a little birdie in my ear tells me there may be a little something else coming up, uh, maybe a little podcast, maybe something oh, in possibly, the works. possibly, possibly. Nice. <laughs> something that we might be uh, helping Rob with here in the future, and we will let you know more about that when we find out more about it as it progresses. So yes, just... and we had a wonderful time meeting with you guys as well. We're already looking forward to uh, hopefully meeting up again in June. And Absolutely. thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Well, it's our pleasure. And again, really appreciate the input you always give to our show, but especially with this one as well. So. Yeah, I felt I learned a lot here, <laughs> <laughs> especially about the after hours. I had, you know, like like you had said that we had never done that before. We've talked about that. It's you know out there, but it's great to know that. And and your tip for the. Uh, art festival as well to have uh, the points from your meal plan excellent tip thank you very much yeah Yeah, absolutely we're already we're already looking forward to doing an after hours event at uh, disney's hollywood studios i am looking forward to riding slinky dog coaster about 20 times (laughs) (laughs) that's the plan that is a good plan all right, thanks. Rob LeBerry joins us again, and he probably will be a frequent contributor here because he always brings such good input to our show. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it again. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, thanks. guys. Thanks. So once again, thanks to Rob LeBerry for joining us. and He always gives us such great content, and uh, we look forward to more stuff with him in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I learned a lot from that. So. Absolutely. And hopefully our listeners did, too. Yeah, so uh, we, we still have a couple more things from our vacation. Really, we're going to wrap this up pretty quickly here, but just wanted to hit up on a couple more things that we got to experience. One thing is we actually got to check out Club 33. We had someone that brought us on board, and thank you to that specialist person for bringing us on to check out the Club 33 at Magic Kingdom Park. It was really interesting to to see, and uh, it was was really a nice experience. Beautiful, really cool. Wish we could have uh, had tons of pictures to share, but we we follow rules. We can't do that. We can't do that. Can't take a lot of pictures, but (laughs) it was a fun experience for sure. Uh, But uh, what really wrapped up our vacation, the best way was going to see our favorite musical of all time and that's right we saw Hamilton again it just happened to be opening up at the same time we were there at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Arts in uh, for the Performing Arts in Orlando and um it was just a spectacular night. Absolutely. And, you know, Disney did an awesome job with that uh, facility. It is beautiful. 
easy to move around. It, it, it prevents a lot of congestion that you see in other types of theaters and everything. So that was really, really nice to be able to experience that as well. Yeah, it was a really interesting show. We, we were kind of concerned with our seats. What we had for our seats when we got these was um, what's called a mezzanine box. And it's on very much, it's very forward, but it's really on the side. So when we sat down in our seats, um, we couldn't see a portion of the stage. And we had a little concerned there because we'd seen the show before and we know some stuff happens around that area. But as soon as the show started, the cast came out. We were so close. We could really see them emote, uh, really act out their parts. And it really, we did not miss that portion of the stage that much because they were so good. And it was so interesting to check out in a different way uh, a show we'd seen before. Exactly. I mean, like you said, um, some of the speakers covered the the left stage, left side of the stage for us. But we did also get to see the um, where the orchestra pit mm-hmm. was and see the music director. So that was fun, you know, once in a while to kind of glance at that and seeing how he was really um, coordinating things with what was going on stage. And again, we, I mean, as you mentioned, we love this musical. It's just amazing. And they did a great, great job. And it's been fun kind of connecting with some of the cast on social yeah. media to see who that knew? they're Disney fans. What would, who knew that would happen? Yeah, uh, it was the Philip cast, by the way. There are a few different uh, touring casts right now. There's the Angelica cast, which we saw here in San Diego. Uh, there's the Philip cast, which we saw previously in Costa Mesa. Now they're in Orlando. And there's now the And Peggy cast, which is the one that's currently performing in Puerto Rico with Lynn manuel Miranda. Right, right. Um, this cast... Um, we saw them again a, a little bit ago in uh, Costa Mesa, and they were good, uh, but we didn't think they were our favorite cast. But seeing them this time, it's like they've developed over the, the several months since then. Right. Because and maybe it was just where we were sitting. I don't know. But it was an amazing performance. Nick Walker, who you were just talking yes. about, who played Aaron Burr, uh, was spectacular and stole the show. And yes, by the way, we found out after we you know gave him a little you know sort of a cast compliment in that regard uh, on Twitter that he happens to also be a big Disney fan. He's like trying to plot out ways to get his cast members, his castmates, uh, to tickets to go to Walt, the Walt Disney World Resort as well. He's, he was talking about try balancing this, trying to get family members Hamilton tickets and trying to get <laughs> your castmates uh, Walt Disney World tickets. He's like trying to get that going to him one time, but uh, interesting. And, you know, he's interacted with us a little bit on social media, and we're hoping maybe we can expand that a little bit and maybe some point try and get him on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be Keep exciting. our fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll see. He liked the uh, Epcot International Art Festival. He was yeah. enjoying the food, and it was cute how he was trying to avoid desserts because of the. The costumes. Right. Yes, that's right. He's <laughs> a tough costume to fit into. Uh, you also mentioned that when we posted the, you know, the cast compliment, essentially, for doing such a great job on the show, that uh, he hashtagged it with Flight of Passage forever. You know, so he obviously, he loves Flight of Passage so much. Uh, so it's just kind of cool to see other people, uh, members of the cast that did a great job. Uh, Joseph Morales as uh, Alexander Hamilton. Right. Shoba Narayan as uh, Eliza Hamilton. And Terea Campbell as Angelica Schuyler. The whole cast was magnificent, but all those... People, I think, were particularly standout performers. For right, sure. right, and 
it, it was something to really see and appreciate. And like you said, with our seats being so close to the stage that we could really see and appreciate all their facial expressions and, and how they really uh, engaged into the whole performance. It was amazing. Yeah, it was also fun because we brought your sister and brother-in-law. They, they had wanted to see it for a long time, and now they finally got to check it out. And uh, I, I know that, you know, we've seen it a couple times. We've been blessed and lucky. I know it's, you know, many people have not had the chance. We've been very lucky in many regards to be able to see this a few times. Uh, taking them to see it for the first time and how excited they were for it was uh, it was really cool to yeah, see as well. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, we also found a really fun restaurant, a really yes. nice restaurant that was, you know, we kind of accidentally happened upon. You did a great job researching. <laughs> and Total luck. Uh, we were trying to look for, we, we kind of got decided we were late in the game. We were going to do dinner beforehand and we needed a kind of an early dinner time. So we were looking around places close to the theater to try and find a place. And we had a couple of uh, spots in mind, but for the time that we wanted to get there and still be able to get to the theater in time and everything, um, surprise, as close to the theater, the reservations were all booked up. So I just kind of expanded the search a little bit and stumbled across this place and, you know, looked at the reviews and looked what the food was like. And it sounded wonderful. So we went and they did have a, a reservation for the time we wanted. We went there. The place is called Soko Restaurant in Thornton Park in Orlando. Um, it's it's a contemporary take on classic Southern cuisine, and it is magnificent. The food, everything we got was yes. delicious. We all, all four of us at the table got different plates, and we all loved all of our plates. There was nothing that missed there. Great beer and wine selection as well. And they also have brunch there. I, I highly recommend right. you checking it out if you happen to have a car or have a way to get out for, if you're visiting the Walt Disney World Resort or Orlando in general. I highly recommend this restaurant. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah. They had some really unique takes on the dishes. So, I mean, like the, the one that I had, which was chicken fried cauliflower. It was amazing. And who would have ever thought to to do that with yeah. it and you know a lot of their their meals and they also accommodated a request to have one of their um you know appetizer plates done up as an entree. chicken and dumplings <laughs> yeah. dish which was spectacular right. that uh, your sister had and, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i had a pecan crusted snapper with uh shrimp uh shrimp hush puppy or no shrimp Yes, no. yeah, shrimp hush puppies. Yeah, yeah, shrimp hush puppies with it. That was great. Uh, and that was one of the more traditional dishes right. on, the, on the whole menu. Everything else. Was- well, they had like a, a, a seared meatloaf with a lobster mashed potatoes on the menu that we didn't get, but was right. interesting. Uh, your brother-in-law Tom got a um, what was a black-eyed pea ravioli that he right. loved, yes. and they also got, there were some fried green tomatoes he got with him. I got to try one of those. It was delicious. Everything was spectacular. Uh, I couldn't recommend this restaurant more if you get a chance to get into the Orlando area. Really, really good stuff. And it was very close to the theater. So if you're ever going to the theater there, uh, then that's another option for you to have a a nice, wonderful dinner. Mm -hmm. And it was a nice area that seems like they're kind of uh, recapturing an area in Orlando and Mm -hmm. building up. There's a lot of shops and some other restaurants in there. It was kind of a nice area to just kind of check out that I didn't know existed. Right, right. So pretty cool. And they have indoor and outdoor seating. The, the, The restaurant's really nice. They have a bar. It's really good. So. Check it out. That's our vacation. We're done talking about ourselves for a little while. It's only <laughs> oh, been darn. over an hour of talking about ourselves, mostly. So uh, we can move on to the Disney Stories of the Week. Yes, we're back, and we're doing a new episode. So we're back bringing you Disney Stories of the Week. And there's so much that's happened during the few weeks we were away. I can't get to nearly any of it. I don't even know if I'm going to get to all the stuff this week because we kind of got back later in the week, so I'm just playing catch-up here. But we'll start with a little park news, and that starts with Disney announcing that they will be adding another themed land to Shanghai Disneyland based on one of our 
favorite recent animated films. This straight from the Disney Parks blog. Shanghai Disney Resort announced that a Zootopia-themed land is coming to Shanghai Disneyland, (laughs) marking the second major expansion since the resort opened in 2016. It will be the park's eighth-themed land and the first-ever Zootopia-themed land at any Disney park. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it just fits. You could totally see how that theme would be appropriate for a park, you know, at at one of the Disney parks. I love that idea. It's great. I mean, they have rich characters. They have great storyline to tag along with whatever attractions they may have. So it's exciting. I think it's really exciting. That's one of our favorite movies. I love Zootopia so much. I love the characters. Uh, I love everything about it. I know there's going to be another. There's going to be a sequel coming up to it as well. Uh, so maybe about this time this land opens, the sequel hits as well. Right. Uh, I just it, it's an interesting world to delve into. I just think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, especially since Disney's really done a great job now realizing that people want to have that immersive feeling or that experience. So you know whether you're thinking of Toy Story Land or Cars Land. Uh, a Zootopia land, feeling that like all around mm-hmm. you and everything. That's so so cool. Yeah, oh, so cool. <laughs> That's a great idea. So more from the Disney Parks blog. They say the guests will be invited to experience the mammalian metropolis of Zootopia, quote, where anyone can be anything, end quote. <laughs> wow, we didn't even have that point. <laughs> I know. With a new major attraction that will seamlessly blend Disney storytelling and state-of-the-art technology, which we've seen a little bit mm-hmm. of in some of the teases for the, the Beauty and the Beast attraction yeah, coming yeah. soon. I, hopefully they're going to use some of that technology. Uh, anyway, to bring this fan-favorite movie and its characters to life, including Judy Hopps, Nick yeah. Wilde, uh, there'll be entertainment, merchandise, and food and beverage offerings will invite guests to fully immerse themselves in the Academy Award-winning animated movie. And construction is targeted to begin later this year. That's so, so cool. That's exciting news and more the reason why we're going to look to get to some of the Asian parks coming up yeah, soon. As a matter of yeah. fact, we talked to somebody about them and he's, he kind of gave us some tips on how to approach those parks. Right. So. One of the cast members who has actually gone to um, travel to different Disney parks around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the, he did give us some really great ideas. Very good stuff. So, looking forward to that. Moving on to Disney movie news. It was a big week for Disney movies because the Oscar nominations came out this week and several Disney films received nod. As a matter of fact, they received 17 nominations yeah. in total. The biggest news was, of course, Black Panther leading the way with seven nominations, and they became the first ever superhero movie to receive a Best Picture nomination. I know, and well-deserved. What Mm -hmm. a great film. Uh, Great film. As you said, well-deserved. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, It's really great to see, and it's great to see some of the superhero movies starting to get a little credit when they are a good movie. Get in there and, you know, I mean, sometimes, and even this year, I'm sure it'll be a lot of, some of the movies that, you know, didn't a lot of people didn't see that are going to be get all the notion out right. there. But, you know, sometimes a great movie is a great movie, whether it's, uh, you know, a, got two billion at the box office or whether it got a hundred thousand at the box right, office, right. you know, give some of these films credit. I want to see movies like Black Panther when they are good. Now, there's a lot of bad ones out there or mediocre ones or just pretty good ones. 
Uh, when they're good, like Black Panther is, they should get the credit. And Absolutely. it's good to see it's finally yes. happening. That's, it's great news. Uh, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger said this about the nominations. Uh, congratulations to all of our nominated films, and especially Black Panther. To see it recognized by the Academy today with seven nominations, including Best Picture, is truly an honor. Congratulations and gratitude to Kevin Feige, uh, the team at Marvel Studios, and to our director, Ryan Coogler, and his incredible team and brilliant cast. We're grateful for their creative excellence, unparalleled artistry, and heartfelt passion for this project. It's wonderful and humbling to see so many of our films recognized by the Academy this morning with 17 nominations across eight films, including a Best Picture uh, feature nomination, or excuse me, uh, Best Picture nomination for Black Panther and Best Animated Feature nominations for Incredibles 2 and for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, just really good stuff. Yeah. So. Um, so here's a list of all the nominations, and there are a couple things that I'm a little surprised by, and I'll get back to that in a second here. But first of all, we're going to start, of course, Best Picture, Black Panther, Animated Feature Film, we just talked about Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Costume Design, Black Panther, Ruth Carter, who did that, Mary Poppins Returns, Sandy Powell, who did mm-hmm. the, the costumes for them, uh, Original Score, Music Original Score, Black Panther by Ludwig Göransson, who we've talked about, is also going to be right. scoring The Mandalorian. Right. And uh, Mary Poppins Returns, Mark Shaman, who loved his score very yes. much. Uh, music, original song, Black Panther, All the Stars, and Mary Poppins Returns, The Place Where the Lost Things Go. Uh, production design, Black Panther by Hannah Beachler. I hope I got that right. Uh, and Mary Poppins Returns by John Meyer. Uh, short film animated, Bow. Oh, oh, it was such cool. a cute little short yes. animated film uh, that got nominated. Uh, sound editing for Black Panther, sound mixing for Black Panther, and visual effects. Marvel Studios Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. Infinity War, Christopher Robin, <laughs> and nice. uh, Solo got a nomination. <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story for visual effects, also a nomination. So uh, a lot of these up for visual effects uh, in their category. So uh, very good to see. And also, by the way, now that uh, Disney's about to own Fox, uh, a lot of their pictures were nominated as well. And Susan's those are kind of going to be yeah. uh, Disney entities nice. pretty soon nice. as well. Surprise me in this is that, um, and yes, they got four nominations, but I was really surprised that Mary Poppins Returns didn't get more. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought they might be up. I didn't think they'd win, but I thought they might be up for Beck's picture. I really... Uh, really thought that Best Actor and Actress were a, a sure. possibility uh, for Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda, especially Emily Blunt. Lin-Manuel Miranda, maybe, but definitely Emily Blunt. I thought that she was up for it. I'm really surprised that there was not another song possibly nominated. Um, I, I just And maybe some of the visual effects, too. I'm surprised right, at that right. because I thought it was great. And so... Uh, a little disappointed by that, but you know what can you say? You know, it, people get the movies that get sort of snubbed every year, and right, then this right. year, I, I just think Mary Poppins Returns deserved a little better. But right, I agree, I agree. Although I guess you could summarize it. I mean, we loved it. Although I think our conclusion was it wasn't as good as the first right. one. Um, so maybe that's what kind of made some of the votes sway towards other films i don't know yeah like i said i'm the biggest surprise to me is emily blunt not being nominated because i thought she was spectacular and and i thought she really encompassed the role perfectly and i really thought that she was i'm really shocked that she didn't get nominated i'm even more than it being not tabbed for a possible best picture uh, nod um really thought that she would definitely be within the top five or six or whatever however many nominations they have uh for that role but 
What can you do? Still a great film, and yeah. I'm still looking forward to when we get to own it and see it many exactly. times at home and listen to the soundtrack over and over again because Absolutely. it's so good. Hey, speaking of someone out of Mary Poppins Returns, there is a rumor, and we don't touch on rumors very often, but this happens to speak from one of our very favorite people. Well, one of my <laughs> very favorite person. Uh, there is a rumor that Lynn manuel Miranda is in Ooh. talks to write who? <laughs> write a new film featuring... Disney's first Latino princess. Nice. Yes. So this is from page6.com. Miranda is apparently talking to Disney about a follow-up to its 2016 smash hit, Moana. Uh, this, I guess, Miranda's father, Luis, exclu- exclusively told Page Six he is talking to Disney about a sequel to Moana, but the movie will be about a Latina princess. That's awesome. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Miranda was the uh, co-writer of the music on Moana, which, of course, boasted great monster hits like How Far I'll Go and uh, You're Welcome. Um, we'll be, again, it's just yeah. a rumor, but I love the idea and right. anything that Lynn is involved with, I'm excited about because he does everything he seems to do turns out magical right right yeah so talented uh page six did say they tried to contact disney about this but they didn't get back to them on it so again it's just a rumor we don't know for sure but i think it's an interesting exciting rumor, especially considering that you've seen disney embracing the diversity with their princesses and many of the characters uh as they've been moving forward we've seen so much more diversity uh within their movies in recent years, and this would totally make sense for them. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, it's just, you know, great to see Lynn being more involved with Disney. His skill and his talent are just amazing, and they really enrich what Disney can produce. So that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. And, of course, he's also working currently with Alan Menken on the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Looking forward to that when that comes out as well and seeing what that is like. So that's exciting. We both love both Lin-Manuel and uh, Alan Menken. Two great, great performers. Moving on to Disney Cruise Line news. Port Canaveral officials approved a refurbishment of Disney Cruise Line's port terminals. So that's exciting. This straight from the Orlando Sentinel. The Canaveral Port Authority Board of Commissioners approved pursuing contracts for firms to work on both Terminal 8, where Disney currently sails out of, but also the adjacent Terminal 10, uh, which would be able to support more Disney ships when the new line, the new class of ships debuts beginning in 2021. Yeah, they're a little bit longer. They're yeah, just a little bit. They're not a lot not longer, a lot but just longer. a little bit longer. But they also will need, because there'll be more ships coming in and out of port, they're going right. to need a, another place where they can uh, kind of bring these guys in, especially if they, you know, there may be an occasion when they'll have two ships in Port Canaveral at the same time. Right. It doesn't usually happen right now, but it could happen in the future with new ships coming in. Uh, the proposed work, which has been conceptually approved by Disney Cruise Line, according to port officials, will be for both land and marine work on the two terminals. Has been under review in recent months with port staff offering recommended firms for the work. Uh, the commission approved negotiating a contract for a proposed $39.6 million for Terminal 8 work that includes renovating both floors of the Disney Terminal, which has not had any major changes since 1998. And that also includes a new luggage screening building, ADA ramp, a new area for arrivals, and technological improvements. Also needed is a new jetway-style 
boarding bridge. Uh, $6.8 million is earmarked for Terminal 10 work. The terminal currently mostly used by Norwegian Cruise Line, but would also be shared by Disney uh, when their new ships come out. Those improvements include a new seating and concierge area. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, new work going to the terminals. Yes, I, I think, especially if you look at the Terminal 8, where uh, uh, Disney Cruise Line currently sails out of, one thing I've noticed is that was built when they had the smaller ships, the Magic and the Wonder. Uh, so if you have those ships in there, uh, it's kind of fine. It still gets crowded in there. There's people waiting to board, but it's not. But when you have the fantasy or the dream in there, that is, that terminal gets yes, pretty crowded until they start crowded. really getting people on board. So a little extra space, a little more work on the area would probably be nice. And just, Absolutely. you know, it's not since 1998. It, it, you know, that's been 20 years. Right, it's time right. to, you know, up this ante a little bit out there. So good to hear. So. The other interesting thing that came out of this exact same (laughs) story was that it also had, within the sketches for it, the possible title of definitely a new class, the new class of ships, possibly for the first ship itself. We don't know for sure, but this from the Disney Cruise Line blog, Triton class has been confirmed as the project name for Disney Cruise Line's new LNG-powered builds. In public documents published by Port Canaveral, there are multiple mentions of Triton with regards to projects at Port Canaveral's cruise terminal CT-8 and CT-10. According to the design drawing attached to the capital project, a placeholder ship name, Disney Triton, is berthed at uh, Terminal 10, Further detail confirm, details confirm the project name for the new class of Disney cruise ships is called the Triton class. This could be just a placeholder name. Right. Or this could be what they're going to do going forward. The first ship could be the Disney Triton, and from there on, they could be the Triton class. It doesn't mean they'll all be named the Triton. They're right, do that. Right. But, and, and, but again, this is just possibly a placeholder, but it's interesting. Right. And um, actually, I saw this on the news, so I actually got to see what it looked like, and it was exciting. You know, and the same kind of thing was being discussed by the, you know, newscasters is that, you know, we're speculating on where that title will play into it, but at least it's a little something to have. And, yeah. You know, excitement around uh, the new ships coming out. It definitely got the discussion boards yeah. and <laughs> social media buzzing about it, you know, one way or the other on either side of it, whether it means anything or not. Right. It was kind of interesting uh disney cruise line blog by the way which is a great if you're planning a disney cruise or even if you have any interest in disney cruise line at all that blog is a great blog they have all sorts of navigators on there and all sorts of news comes out it's a great uh resource for you to when you're planning your trip uh go to the disney cruise line blog uh they also mentioned that last week uh, the disney cruise line blog received a tweet indicating that dvc reps on the Disney Dream, we're referring to the new builds as the Trident class. So take that for whatever you want. And with, you know, Triton, Trident, did, were there some signals crossed there or, you know, whatever. Uh, Disney, they also go on to say that Disney revealed the names of the Disney Dream and the Disney Fantasy during the 2009 Walt Disney Company annual meeting of shareholders. That was over two years before the launch of the Disney Dream. Given this timeline and with Disney Cruise Line would need to start selling the first batch of sailings, one could pencil in an announcement during their next shareholders annual meeting scheduled for March 7th. 2019, so just a couple months away. Uh, we'll see if it's then. I was kind of hoping for the D23 Expo, but whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm excited to hear the names whenever they come out. Right, right. So that, yeah, that is very cool. 
So interesting stuff there. Lots of great new Disney Cruise Line news coming out as the new ships are getting closer and closer to coming to fruition. Right. That's that's really cool. And, you know, like you said, it's it's time that the port, you know, makes the adjustment. You know, like you said, when we've been there for uh, sailing on the larger ships and it is so congested. So great nod that they're going to be making that expansion. I know they are also making some decisions for some of the existing ships to stay at um, Galveston a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Miami. Uh, Miami a little bit longer. And so um, really exciting Disney Cruise Line news coming up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what their uh, different itineraries are going to be for the new ships, the older right. ships. Um, it's all exciting news and glad that we're going to have many other ways to cruise with Disney in the future. Exactly. So, so that's our Disney Stories of the Week. And we're almost wrapped up here, but we never finish an episode. Even when we're away, we never finish an episode without giving you a vacation tip, something that might help you, whether you're visiting the parks, whether you're going on Disney Cruise Line, whether you're doing Run Disney, whatever it may be, we try and help you out with a little tip to get you through your next vacation. And we always start one with Michelle because she's wonderful, (laughs) lovely, spectacular, but also because she has the best tips. So we wanted to start you off with the best tip, and then you can decide if you want to turn us off before you get to my lowly (laughs) little tip. you have great tips, You always got to go to Michelle's tip first, so (laughs) let's not hesitate any longer. Let's get to Michelle's tip of the week. Well, thank you, honey. Um, So this one's a little different. Uh, I did want to, since we were talking uh, about our cruise, I wanted to talk a little, give a tip a little bit about cruising. Um, And this one is maybe how you can save a little money. And that would be is renting a car when you want to consider taking a cruise. Uh, If you're comparing it to what a cruise line transfer price and whether that be Disney Cruise Line or any cruise line, you know, and one of the things like if you're cruising out of Florida, uh, they usually do not have a a penalty fee added on if you rent from one location to drop off at another location. So, um, you know, for example, in Miami, uh, we rented a car, dropped it off at the airport and had the free shuttle from the rental Mm -hmm. car company take us to the port. Um, Similarly, in in Port Canaveral, you can drop the rental car off at a rental car area near the port and they will generally have uh, free shuttles. I mean, the other options you have are staying at hotels that provide free shuttles and things like that. But just to kind of broaden your your availability of what may be a way to save some of your money for souvenirs, maybe on mm-hmm. the cruise ship or whatever. Um, but you may want to look into that idea of, you know, renting a car and, and saving the, the money for something else. Because when you're talking about the transfers, that you're paying per person. Yes. And so when you're doing a rental car, especially if you're talking a family of four, five, six, whatever, or, you know, a bunch of people traveling together, a, a rental car um, might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And also, if you're looking, because the one thing with, if you're using the Disney transfers to go, uh, to Port Canaveral or any place, uh, a lot of times you have to schedule those and they don't necessarily always get you there the earliest time. If you want to get to the port as early as possible, say you're looking for that uh, in-port upgrade, or if you just want to get on board the ship earlier, whatever the case may be, uh, if you've rented a car, you can get there whenever you want, right. whereas you don't have to rely on somebody else and when they'll get you there. Right. Um, and a lot of times, yes, the price, even if you're just two people, the price will still be cheaper than the 
transfers to rent a car and then drop it off there. And the same going back if you're going back to Walt Disney World or wherever you're going to afterwards. Uh, Even if you're just going to the airport in many regards, it can be easier for you. And we did that. Yes, we did that. We did that from Orlando to Miami and Miami back to Orlando, by the way, just just because that's we're just weird that way. We had to be in Orlando because that's just who we are. You know, we can fly into Miami. Um, So but it worked for us. It gave us a great price and it gave us a lot of options on what we decided to do. And it worked out really right. well. And you bring up a good point about, you know, if you're taking the transfer, you're going on a bus with a bunch of people. So once you get to the port, you're there with a lot of other people at the same time. So that could actually slow down some of the process than if you just went individually mm-hmm. and kind of not a lot as many people at the same time trying mm-hmm. to... Um, check in yeah of course the transfers are are very good Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff that is taken off your hands off your plate is you know your time is there you board the bus when your time comes up you get there they handle all your luggage you don't have to worry about that you get off and everything and you just go on the ship whereas you if you rent a car you are going to have to get the car uh, load it all up with your luggage you know drop the car off unload your luggage hop a shuttle and yes there are some tricks that you will need to do but if you want to be more in control of what you do if you if you don't mind not just sitting back and letting it happen uh it's kind of a good way to approach it and it is a little cheaper right Uh, most of the time most of the time it's a little less expensive so great tip michelle always has the best tips always always the best tips now on to my tip and apparently we must been thinking about cruises after our last (laughs) cruise because my tip is also about cruising and this happens to be uh when you uh some tips on choosing your cabin when you're uh, trying to decide on your cruise. Um, first and foremost, if you're choosing a cabin, start off with what you can afford. Okay. <laughs> Most importantly, it's like, okay, what's my budget? Where can I be? What is the best possible one for me? Don't overspend on a cabin. Don't under find out what is the best possible one for you. Um, and there are many things that may play in part in that. Of course, your bank account plays a right. part in that. There's no question on this. But there are other things that go on. What is your plan on board? Uh, what's important to you? Are you do you want to sit out uh, kind of on your own by the watch the water go by and you know not have a crowd of people around you and read or whatever? Uh, then maybe you want a balcony. Uh, are you okay with a? You want to have a view outside, but you don't necessarily need to sit outside for whatever. You know, you might just want a, a, an ocean view cabin, you know, right. or maybe you're going to be spending more time. Maybe it's a port heavy cruise or you're going to be doing a lot of activities on the ship all the time. You're hardly going to spend any time in your cabin. Then maybe an inside cabin right. is perfectly fine for you. Uh, check the itinerary. No, is it port heavy? Will I not be on the ship too much because I'm going to be going port, 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 port. And I'm doing lots of activities in all these ports. All I'm basically doing is sleeping in my cabin. So I don't need to have a lot of extra stuff in my cabin. Right. Um, is it going to be sea day heavy where you may be spending more time in your cabin? You may have more time on right. board the ship or you need to uh, use it more. Uh, what is the weather going to be like? Is it going to be super hot? Is it going to be really nice? Is it going to be really cold? That might tell you if you want a balcony or not, if it's worth it, because, right. you know, uh, if you're sitting out, how much time would you sit out there if it's too hot, if it's too cold, whatever it may be. Um, check out the ship's layout. Um, are the, what are the public spaces like? Um, are there great places to take in views? Maybe you don't need a balcony. Maybe you don't need a window if there are places you can sit and just enjoy the views in other places. Um, are there quiet places to relax and maybe read? You know, are the, the pools, are there, like on Disney Cruise Line, they have the adult pool. Are you going to use the adult pool? That usually is often a lot quieter, um, a few, uh, a lot fewer people in there generally. Um, 
get, and then also get to know what perks come with certain cabins. Of course, with Disney Cruise Line, they have the concierge cabins uh, where you get certain things like cocktail hours, uh, certain perks brought into you or that you can go get uh, the, the wonderful coffee, coffee. machine, <laughs> um, you know, and some other details with it. And if you're using a suite, you know, you can have your dining room meals served to you right within your room. You don't right. have to go to the dining room if you don't want. Some other cruise lines offer things like we were talking about our Havana Cabana, okay. where we had a secluded pool, semi-secluded pool to use in some private, kind of more of a private area, a bigger balcony, some other things. There are other categories that have like spa access attached to them. Right. They're spa rooms. Um, kind of get the idea of what those all are. Weigh what's important to you most, imp- what, what is the biggest thing. What is important to you on your cruise? Is, and then you can look at the cabins and kind of decide what you want based on your budget. And uh, we all have different things that are important to us. We have different things that are important to us on right. different cruises that we exactly. go on. Look at it all, weigh it all, and then you can find the best room for you. That's a great, great point, you know. And like you're saying, some of the things that you're considering, whether it's port heavy and things like that, the other thing is, are you traveling with a lot of people that you're not going to necessarily, again, be in the cabins a lot, that you're going to be going out and doing activities on the ship and and things like that, that, you know, you probably wouldn't be sitting out on a balcony alone because Mm -hmm. you're going with other, you know, friends or family. So um, great tip there on how to approach looking at which would be the best cabin. And, and as you mentioned, it even is very, um, you know, destination-driven as well. So right. it's not just the cruise ship itself. Also, going the, you know, you'll hear about things about upgrades. We talked a little bit about a port upgrade. Bottom line is don't expect ever to have an upgrade. Go with what cabin you will be comfortable with on whatever length of your cruise is. If you can either get moved up on some cruise lines or if you can pay to move up a little bit less than it would have cost you to buy it otherwise, fine. But that doesn't always happen, so be happy with whatever cabin you booked. Right, right. That's a very good point because <clears throat> because I know that in the past we've kind of approached it thinking, oh, there's probably good likelihood we'll get an upgrade and that didn't happen and then be disappointed. So. Yeah, it can, it can happen, but okay. uh, just try and be take it for what it is and just enjoy your cruise and the cabin you're in. If you have any questions about choosing a cruise cabin, uh, whether it's Disney Cruise Line, any of we've we've sailed on many cruise lines. Right. Uh, we'd be happy to give you some pointers, tell you what our opinion is on it, and just contact us. And I'll give you all the ways you can contact us here in just a moment, and we'd be happy to help you out. And if we don't know, we'll ask somebody who does. We, right. we always exactly. are happy to do that as well. So, yes, Michelle has one more thing. We didn't talk about our room at Disney World. Oh, how did we not talk I about know, that? Right. Yeah. It just popped into my head. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, we stayed. Wow. I can't believe I didn't put that in our notes because that was part of the thing we stayed at. The reason we stayed there. Right. Yes. We stayed at the uh, All-Star Movies. Right. Right. Uh, which is just undergoing. It's in the process of undergoing renovations. And uh, we stayed at the uh, one of the newly renovated rooms. Right. We had heard that they had had some of their rooms that were already completed with their renovation. Um, so we decided, hey, let's try. We we haven't stayed in one of the All Star rooms in years. Years. That was the first place Michelle ever took me at the Walt Disney World Resort. <laughs> Many. Years um, ago. So we've we've gone up from there, but right. um, we were really impressed. Right. So uh, we went into right now. They have the um, 
Toy Story rooms and the Fantasia rooms have pretty much gone through their renovation. And we're really pleased. Uh, one of the things that they have done is they have, you know, one bed. And then the second bed is actually a Murphy bed. And when it's in its up position, then it serves as a table and it has chairs there. And that was a really great, I think, change that they made. So you have what feels to be a lot more space in the room. You're not trying to just like, you know, a typical hotel room where you you have two beds there and you're just, that's it, you're that and the walls. Um, so it was really nice to see that, how they had a little bit more space um, that they've put out in the restroom area and things like that. So it, it really was, and the theming was beautiful mm-hmm. and fun. And we, we were in the Toy Story building and it was, it was great. I was really pleased with the changes that they've made into that, that category of uh, cap of rooms. Yeah. Uh, we, we were really impressed by it. And the, yes, the use of space with the Murphy bed and everything there was really good. Um, the new amenities in the bathroom, I think were, they were really nice. The only one, one thing we had a problem with, is one of the sliding doors in the shower. I don't know if it was balanced quite right, but it just would open just a little crack right near where the shower head came out. So there's always a little water on the floor over there, you know, after a shower. But, you know, a small thing. Uh, but I, I thought the bathroom was laid out well. The whole room was nice. Uh, the coffee area where they had the coffee maker. Right. and they, they have a drawer that they put in all the, the little coffee pods and all the, you know, the, the uh, creamer and the sugar and everything was really nice and easy to access. Right. A little refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And that space, I I think was because they did move the what where that used to be where table and chair mm-hmm. were I think and so having the 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 table attached to the Murphy bed freed up that space and, and how convenient to have coffee like you know first thing in the morning without having to go to the food court mm-hmm. or whatever and the food court had a lot of great new things mm-hmm. it, you know they upped the ante on that food um supply there and, and what things you could get. Not that I'm saying that it's the end-all, be-all place for everybody, but they've really made some wonderful changes to make that as another great option yeah. to, to stay at Walt Disney World. Yeah, it is the quote-unquote more budget-friendly. I mean, right. it's, you know, it is a little, little pricey, but it is actually, I would stay there again. Absolutely. Um, we enjoyed it. We, we thought it was uh, partitioned out really well. Good use of space. Uh, the resort layout is nice. You know, we were in the Toy Story wing and the Toy Story, Andy's room there, the right. Toy Story characters was spectacular. I wish we had more time there to take more pictures, but um, we enjoyed it. And uh, yes, we tend to go to more of the moderate or more of the, the villas and such, you know, because we're just hoity-toity that way now. <laughs> um, but I, I was really impressed with the All-Star, at least the, the All-Star movies. And I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to also be doing some of the refurbishments eventually right. to the uh, All-Star sports and the All-Star music as well. Right, right. I think they took a little break over the holidays mm-hmm. and they're resuming it now. But, um, yeah, and a shout-out to uh, Brandon, who helped us get one of the renovated Yeah, because we didn't get one originally. So we're like, no, we, the whole reason we came here was to check out the renovated rooms, so, which we, of course, forgot to bring on the podcast. But I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> Michelle, you. again, always has the best tips. Nah. Her best tip this week was reminding me that we stayed in this room and that was hard. the reason we wanted to stay in this room was so we could discuss it. So, exactly. um, yes. I recommend it if you're looking for a more budget-friendly but still on property uh, resort. Uh, but just make sure 
you ask if they've had the rooms refurbished yet. Um, the other rooms are fine, I'm sure, right. but take advantage of the refurbished rooms if you have the opportunity. So, all right. Is there anything else I forgot? No, because I think that's it. I, t- I tend to forget things. So. <laughs> no, no, you've done great. You had a lot of great notes, and you you drove this boat really fine today. Mm-hmm, yes, right into the reef. <laughs> no. Right into the reef. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Thanks for joining us again. Um, next week, interesting stuff next week, uh, we are going to the uh, Disney Vacation Club Moonlight Magic yeah. on Thursday night at uh, Disneyland Park. So we'll be recapping that a little bit, telling you uh, all about that. If any of you are going to be out there, come find us and we'll have some fun. Um, also this week, coming out on Tuesday, which may this is something that may actually hurt our notes for next week in some ways because Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out on Tuesday <laughs> and so I'm sure we'll be spending the next week up coming leading up to the podcast playing it nonstop. Um, the good news is that we'll probably have be able to tell you a little bit about it right. when we come into the next show. Uh, so we'll kind of you know tell you what's gone on, how we enjoyed it to, to that point. I'm sure we won't have finished it yet, although you never know. I'll probably sit there for you know 14 hours straight playing it because I tend to do me? that. <laughs> I'll need some time there yeah, too. That's true. But... That's true. We'll be fighting over the controller yes. to play this game. But... Yeah. Speaking of Toy Story Land, they have uh, that's right. Andy's bedroom there as well so looking, looking forward to that yes. game we've been excited about it for what 10 years now yeah, I know. Uh, it's finally coming to fruition hopefully. this week hopefully. and we will have it in the mail hopefully <laughs> on tuesday and we'll probably be playing it tuesday night uh, so we'll tell you all about what we've seen from that as well and i'm sure we'll have plenty of other stuff to talk about uh for next week so uh thanks for joining us uh follow us on social media if you have any of these questions that we've talked about you want need answered if you have some tips you want to give us, some pointers. If, tell us what you thought about the FCOT International Festival of the Arts. Did you like it? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Uh, we'd be happy to share it on the show. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And as Tom said, please let us know uh, if you've done the, the Epcot uh, International Art Festival. We want to hear your opinion opinions of that and we'll be glad to share that uh, on our next podcast and give you full credit for that of course always full credit for our hyperion adventurers out there always do and thank you for finding us today in the future you can find us on 1057max.com under the max plus tab as well as on the max fm app better yet the best way to get this show is to subscribe to us itunes google podcasts spotify stitcher there's probably a few other ways too but those are the main ones you want to hit up and if you have a chance one tell your friends about us let them know that this podcast exists uh that's the best way to spread news that this podcast is out there is by word of mouth another way to do it is if you have time just give us a little rating on one of these sites uh if you have a little more time a review would help so much we've gotten some we received some reviews recently and they've really helped but more reviews get us more noticed by people out there that are looking for interesting disney podcasts um fun uh, positive Disney podcast that people might enjoy. So if you have the time, we'd really appreciate it if you would just give a little review. Right. And we really want to hear that feedback from you. We want, as we've said, interactive. We want this to be a fun podcast for you as well. And if you have some ideas or suggestions how we can switch some things up, please share with that. Absolutely. No question about that. Share it with us. We I want I to hear from like you. I spoke like Yoda there. Yeah. <laughs> share it with you. We will. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. 
Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to us. Uh, it's another long podcast. Apparently, we had a lot to say because we've been on vacation for a couple of weeks. But uh, we really appreciate it. You stuck around all the way to this point, even if you just fast forwarded to this point. Whatever. We're glad you stuck around and we're glad you listened to us, however long you listened to this podcast. Uh, so thank you again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. And we look forward to sharing some more time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.